Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A few minutes to start. Oh, well, hello. This is Denise All right, Michaels. This is Chris Moses. I'm with Denise Michaels. And today right. is, go for it. May the 4th be with you. May 4th. Tuesday, May 4th. So anyway, we're going to be talking about chapter 17 through 20. Let me let me look at the order of things. You you move things around? No, I, I left the order as, as written already. And uh, after these are written, I'll then move them around, make them fit better, more sequentially. Okay. So, but you're saying, well, chapter 17 through 20, you obviously made some changes. But I like them. I think, I think they're good changes. See, there's that cough I have. Here's a cough drop. Mm. That's COVID. Oh, come on. COVID cough. <laughs> I'm I'm vaccinated. Mm. Okay. All righty. So let me get over here. Table of contents. Okay. So let's start talking about chapter 17, which is about hiring and firing. And I'm scrolling up here. Why is this missing? Mm -mm -mm. Hiring and firing. All right. So I'm just going to read the first thing you have here. Hire for talent and potential, not to find a new friend. Um, doesn't matter what hiring technique is used. They all have some value. Be careful not to overvalue someone just because you think you can get along with them and be friends. You will be better friends in the long run with those who make the team and you better by adding the most value. So tell me a little bit more about that. We, uh, I think we touched on this in the sanity game. <clears throat> what I see when people are hiring is that they're like, well, I don't like this person. Well, you're not paid to like the person. You're, you're paid to add the most value together. And, th and they hire somebody who they believe is more like them or, or fit some kind of mold. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they, they went to my university. Oh, well, I got to hire them. But we're part of the same sorority, or the same fraternity. Um, are we from the same town? Whatever the same thing is, has nothing to do with uh, with the work or the job. But because they, they like the person most, they hire them. And that's not always the most talented person. Not, I'd say most of the time it's not. It's just somebody that, that interviewed well. So. I remember, um, I might have said this to you when we worked on the Sanity Game. Um, when I lived in Michigan, I used to go to this grocery store, and they had this massive sign. It said, you know, it said are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm here. Okay. It said, we Thank don't you. teach our people to be friendly. We hire friendly people, you know. So um, when there's a lot of customer service involved, mm -hmm. um do you see like attitude and people skills and stuff like that as part of talent? Yeah, if that's part of the job. If you're if you're going to um, be a cashier or customer service person, sure, the customer service is a huge aspect of the job. Then hire the person with the best customer service, not the person that has okay customer service but also went to your high school or is the most beautiful candidate that you can flirt with for their tenure at the company. And get in trouble. <laughs> and get right. in trouble. I was just yeah. wanted to, I was so a hiring and firing chapter. I was just gonna have like a quick paragraph on hiring. Here's the thing: don't hire people to be your friends. Hire people who can do the job, no matter what the job is. Customer service, accounting. Get the best person that has that skill set. You probably you, okay. you might not agree with them. Right. Right. This so, isn't a hiring book. This is there's lots of material out there. There's a the star thing. There's uh, so we'll keep that really, I'll, I'll keep it really, really brief. So, all right. So uh, B and C, writing your employees up, coach them and help them improve instead. I remember in the sanity game, you said like the last thing in the world bosses want to do is write up employees. That's right. 
So it's, it's better for you to, to coach them um, for improvement. And if you're coaching them, you may be coaching them out of a job. Write-ups is the last thing. It's like things just aren't working and the person won't leave the job. And they're just like a, a hugely bad fit. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember you telling me about this woman. She was horrible and her hubby was, had a big position and you got her like moved to another team and they said, she's horrible. What are you doing? And, and uh, you said, oh, it must be the management. <laughs> Is yeah. that the same story that, we're referring that's, that's to? That's the same story. Yeah. And okay. that, that's one of the things instead of firing somebody, maybe they should be somewhere else. Maybe right. they're not, they're not right. In HR, you see it all the time. You have somebody who worked in compensation, who's this big, wanted to talk to people, not really a numbers person. So you throw them into recruiting and they do great. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should be somewhere else. So that, that before writing up somebody, let's explore where the strengths are and where they should be. And if that's the right position for them. Right, right. Okay. And the, the right position might be outside the company too. That's what E is. It's not a good secret. Like this job. What's that? So I said, good point. Um, one of the things that you've said before in the past is like, you know, if they're not working out and there's not something within the company, help them find something possibly in another company. Like how much help would you give them? I don't know. How does that well, that's work? Where you, that's where you're having that coaching conversation on what, what they really want to do in life. And okay. if this isn't the role for them, then you, you, you can say, okay, great. I'll, I'll help you. I'll reference you or whatever you want to do. And if you know somebody who's looking for this skill set and you trust this person has the right skill set there's nothing wrong with the manager saying it when i went from home depot to advanced auto parts rich johnson technically got me the job because he knew i want to be a director and i couldn't be a director at home depot because he was a director so he passed my name on to uh, craig raleigh and rich moore and i had a job offer in two days but he knew he that i was ready for the next role. he helped a lot of people to do that kind of thing yeah, he did it all the time because he, well, he didn't want, I think part of it was he wanted everybody in the in retail industry to know who he was and to help him out when he wanted help. But I also think now that I'm older and wiser is he didn't want somebody to take his job. He always wanted people below him that weren't at that skill level. And the quicker he got you promoted out to a bigger role, you were happy and he had no competition. Right, right. I removed his, his competition. But so. he, he promoted him. He didn't fire us. He just... Hey, let's time for you to be a director. Let's get your role. Where do you want to live? So it's it's more about like networking and you know like placing a phone call to somebody else. That's what that's what Rich did. Uh, I just think if if you if you got somebody and they're they're not just a jerk, big asshole, I guess, then there's nothing wrong with you helping them out and, and saying, look, you're, there's better jobs, and helping them get that role. Right. Right, right. So it says, shouldn't be a secret. People move on. Um, I remember that used to be a big secret. It was like, you know, you didn't tell anybody you were job hunting and, you know. Oh, no, you still do that. I'm not, I'm not telling them. To, that's not saying it's going it to be a secret. You're not working out on this team and, and I need you off, off my team. Okay. It's sometimes okay. better to have the person on the team than have nobody on the team. But then while you're looking for their replacement, if it's not a secret, they're looking for their next role too. Then everybody leaves happy. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've had that coaching conversation with them, like mm -hmm. what do you really want to do? You know, yeah. then obviously it's not a secret, you know? So or anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number F says call for references. Chances are they've improved. We've talked about this before. My favorite statement yeah. when giving a review for former employees that were bad is I really can't tell you much about them. When they worked here, they did their job to the best of their ability and moved on to a career broadening role. It's been years. I bet they're like everybody else and have spent years getting better. So I like that. That's nice. <laughs> I think it's crappy how like Tammy Finley was in the last book. She, she's my, my enemy. Nemesis. She always says bad yeah. things 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get called for references, even if the person doesn't put you as a reference. There's LinkedIn. I get called all the time. I Probably once a month I get a reference. Oh, you used to work at this company. 
Did you work with this person? Well, sure I did. Right. I right. gave Rich Moore the reference to get an ink. I think that's where he is. Or some company. He goes, well, right. oh, you used to work with Rich Moore. Well, yeah, Rich and I didn't get along. Luckily, he's an asshole. But I haven't talked to him really in three years. So, yeah, he went to Alaska, got some improvement. There's some issues going with Vance. Not sure what happened. I was gone. But, yeah, I think he's done a lot of improvement and stuff. And I've, I've heard good things about him in the out in the field field saying that Rich is doing great. Okay. That's good. That's good. What about, like, out-and-out out firing? Do you want to address that? We, yeah, we should probably put it under the – shouldn't be a secret. Maybe uh, yeah. if we're going to talk about it. As a, it's not a secret. You're totally not performing. And if they continue not to perform, then get rid of them. You've written them up. Time to go. Write-ups are just a, a way to cr create legal documentation so you don't get sued. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Way to create sort of a paper trail. Yeah, it's just like performance management. Performance management has nothing to do with performance management. It has all to do about those 1% of employees who want documentation so you get sued. And then you make 99% right. of the people suffer through it. Is there anything special you want readers to know about firing? It's emotionless. It's it's just a fact. At least I think it is. I think... There's no, there's no, I, no crying and firing. Everybody knows it's it's not working out. It's time to go. You know, I mean, we've known in the last 30 years, you know, like when somebody goes coastal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's often, it's sometimes, you know, it's that, it's that uh, disgruntled employee that was fired recently and they weren't handled well when they were let go. Um, are there any cautions, when it, cautionary things to know about firing? Well, that's why I always, I like to get people in other jobs and that's why I give people severances. The quicker you get somebody out of a job and into another job is the quicker they forget about you and leave you alone. If you fire them and had this horrible relationship with them, then they'll have nothing to do but sit home and stew on how to get back at you. And people mm -hmm. nowadays, they've got keyboard courage that they'll do whatever to get back at you. They'll go to Glassdoor. They'll give you bad ratings. They'll give you fake bad ratings. They'll put a rat in your hamburger and take a picture and say, look what I got at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Right. Okay. But that, I right. guess that's, that's why I do the coaching and help them out. And, I think helping people out, they're not going to shoot you. Right, right. You know, the first time that ever happened was a post office in Royal Oak, Michigan. And it was like two miles from where I lived. And I'd wow. been there like, I'd been there like two days before. And mm -hmm. this gal, she was so great. She helped me with my, my first passport application all those years ago. You know, and it was like I went to the post office a couple when it reopened, like a few days later and said, was she OK? And, you know, so anyway, I always remembered that people go to that level to, and they, they do it all the time. The thing I think we, we put in the, in the sanity game was the actual number that I got from uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics it was like almost 600 people are are shot and killed at work every year. It never hits wow. the news because it's like one person, one person or, or two people. And not until you kill five or six people in the office does the news report on it because it's not that spicy. Right. It's like Chicago. There's a big issue with Black Lives Matter is, well, what about Chicago? You know, there's hundreds of murders there. Nobody cares. Well, because it's not five or six murders and it's not done by a white cop. It's not newsworthy, which is right. unfortunate. Right, right. So... I wrote down the words humane and emotionless, you know, so yeah. you're first trying, you're first trying to help them out, right? Correct. And that's what you oh. should be doing as a manager anyway. This is a first time manager book. You, you as a manager, the whole book is about you need to help people. And these are all the steps right. to do it. Right, right. Okay. Chapter 18 is about managing up. All right. Yeah. Where did that term come from, managing up? I don't know. I, I think I learned it in college that you have to manage up. You have to manage your manager. But then I think people forget that they're not only managing their manager, they're managing their manager's manager and maybe other managers on the top. Remember when I talked about 
Darren Jackson, when he was CEO of Advance, would come to my office. Mm-hmm. So, so I had Rich, and then I had Keith. So Rich was the VP of Total Awards, and he had Keith, who was the chief HR officer, who then reported Darren. And because I managed up, and I, and I delivered outstanding value to my manager and Keith, and I shared it with Darren, uh, Darren just would naturally come down to my office. He's like, I'm not going to wait for these cronies. I, I want to get it directly. Okay. Okay. And that's why I said on the, on the last thing here, outstanding, consistent results. They bring their customers. Well, Darren brought the CFO. He brought the head of merchandising. And I had all these guys rotating through my office because right. I, I gave the service. And that's what I mean, the, your neighbors, the neighboring teams, the people they associate with. And that's when you get your reputation. Right. You don't right. really get your reputation from your team and your manager. You get it from your manager's manager and other managers that you help. Right. So in this chapter, um, letter A, it says you'll normally have one direct manager, your manager's boss, others above that person. Many people who are peer managers and possibly customers who have anointed themselves as your manager. <laughs> that's cute. Okay. So tell me why. Um, I guess that's like chain of command, basically, is what you're talking about. Yeah, well, you have a chain of command, but then you have outside the chain of command that you as a manager are responsible for managing all those people too. You're not just managing a team. I mean, you're, well, how you're you, managing how are you your like whole managing, What do you mean when you say you're managing your manager? What does that look like? You're managing expectation, managing goals, managing surprises, making sure that you're, you're helping that person succeed. Okay. So if you look at some of the other ones like D, I say align your goals and results closely to theirs as, as closely as possible to your manager or right. your other people. Right. And then how right. else do you manage them? C, don't surprise your manager. They'll hate you. That's the best way to be hated. It's coming and surprising and you come around like, oh, great. What happened now? That's funny. Okay. All right. Number B, it says similar to employees, all your managers will prefer that you don't waste their time at value as quickly as possible and get out of the way. Okay. Um, I mean, that seems obvious. I always was like in and out, like as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. There was no dawdling in the conversations or telling them about my weekend or, you know, anything yeah. like that. And I think we talked, we touched on that in the, the previous book where mm -hmm. you say that yeah, I think nobody cares about your kid's soccer game. They really right. don't. But right. when it's at this level, it's, it's even more important because your manager is managing you and then your team below they're they're kind of responsible for and then right. everybody's trying to manage them right right okay all right surprising your managers um is a great way to be disliked you just said that when you come around they'll wonder okay great what's next um it doesn't matter what i mean like what if it's a good surprise well good surprises are fine i, I guess but these Hey, great! We just hit these numbers. That I mean, that's not a good or bad surprise. It's just a surprise we hit them. Great. But like, if if things are going bad on your team, or something's going bad in the company or in the ecosystem, and you know about it, it's good to sit down with your boss. And say, hey, this is what's happening, and forecast what you think is going to happen. Because maybe they'll add some ideas and some some value to your life. Say, well, why don't we look at it a different way? I think people wait till the last possible minute to talk to their managers. And okay. tell them the bad news. I remember there's a guy, he was head of HR at 7-Eleven called Otis Peaks. And Otis mm -hmm. would always say, when you go talk to your boss about bad news, you walk in and you say, boss, I've got the worst news in the whole wide world. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. It's, gonna be the, it's just going to piss you off. And then your boss kind of gets emotionally ready to be pissed off. And you sit down and you tell them the, the news. And, and it's kind of minor. Well, 100% of the time, it's like, well, it wasn't that bad. There's no bomb in this building. Nobody's shooting. <laughs> you mean right. that we, we can fix all this stuff? Right. So forecasting and saying, here's what I think is coming up. Yeah, what's, what's coming around the corner? I think surprises when you know what's coming around the corner, you didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Align your goals and results as, to, as closely to theirs as possible. So you're saying align your goals and results to your boss. What they what they expect. Your boss or your managers. Right. So the right. other people that you're managing up to. So like 
I don't have the same goals as the CEO, but what I do impacts his goals. Okay. He's, so tell he's, me what he's great. Okay. Tell me how that would work. Are you talking about their um, larger goals, or do you just mean like, okay, you're, they they say, okay, uh, Chris, your goal this next quarter is to increase sales ten percent. So yeah, that becomes your goal. That's pretty obvious. But maybe their goal is to do increase brand awareness, or I don't know, something like that. You know, yeah, kind of. you can link it into your goal. Increase sales okay. by ten percent through brand awareness. Right. Okay. Okay. A lot of times when you're in these manager roles, it's more numeric on your accomplishments. Right. So if, if, yeah, brand uh, awareness is kind of a tough thing to track, but I was just is the thing that popped into my head fastest, you know. So um, that means you got to know what their goals are, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to talk to them. You got to have conversations so you know what's up. So. Anyway, and that speaks to what you've said um, several times before about, you know, the best way to get promoted is to help your boss succeed. Yeah. Right. Lines right in there. Yeah. Funny how that yeah, it sure does. Okay. Um, consistent results when you manage up, bring back the managers you are managing. When you have outstanding consistent results, the managers will come back with higher ups, customers, and neighboring teams. This looks different than what you sent me on my cell phone. It does, because while I was driving, when I, was, I sent you the cell phone quote. Oh, okay. So I, I think better when I'm not driving and I'm sitting in front of Netflix. Of course, of course. Sitting in front of Netflix, is that what you said? Yes, yeah, so that's that's my little MO when, I, when I'm doing the outlines. Okay. Because you never know with a movie, you might cut, you might hear a good quote, and it ends up in the like That's the uh, thirteen reasons why. You're like, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, all right. So let me read this again. Consistent results when you manage back up, bring back the managers you are managing. What do you mean by bring back? So if let's say remember Rich was my boss. Right, Rich Johnson. So I'm managing my Rich, but I'm also managing his boss. Keith, the chief HR officer, by giving okay. outstanding, consistent results. Well, now Keith's going to come visit me. And then when, when I did really well, well, Keith tells everybody else about me. Now I have the CFO and the CEO and other people visiting me because they, they want to know how you're getting these results and steal from you. It's generally what they want to do. But it, it improves your brand. So they're going to pop into your office and say, hey, what are you doing over here? Well, they're going to say that. They're going to say, I want to do a bonus plan or whatever you're in. I'm looking to do this with my job. They don't really care what you're doing. They don't really care about you. They just care about how you can help them. Right. right. But you'll be looked at as a, a, a solution provider, someone who adds value. And we, we don't have to, I don't think we're going to use this. This is that quote. That's just the quote that was in my head while I was driving. And I was kind of thinking, like, you know, we got to manage up and here's what happens if. Right, right. But it's kind of, it's right. kind of, a clumsy sentence right now. Yes, that's okay. That's all right. I was the only part I was confused about was the part that says bring back the managers. You know, mm -hmm. that was all. So, anyway, I think it's a warning sign if nobody ever comes to visit you. Nobody ever. A warning sign. Nobody, that, nobody, never, nobody ever asked for your opinion. Okay. Like, okay. then you're probably not managing up at all. They either don't right. know who you are or they don't value the value you bring. Right, right. All right. Um, but, 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 but anything more that you want to say about that, managing your managers? No. I think it's a quick two-pager. I think it's a really good point. It's like it's something that I never thought about before, but you're absolutely right. Okay. I like it when I'm All right. right. What's that? Once every three, I like it when I'm right. It happens every three years. Oh, come on. <laughs> My wife would probably say it happens every 30 years. That's funny. Ah, all right. Uh, chapter 19, managers need time off too. Um, point A, your role is to get your team ready to take over uh, your role so you can move on to an expansion role or promotion one. 
best way to see if the team is getting better is to take a vacation. If you never take a vacation, you'll be looked at as a manager who cannot change roles. Um, I don't think we said this about the vacation thing, but I think we've said this idea about um, get them ready to take your role, your, excuse me, your role. Oh, please. You can't stop marijuana. Oh, geez. Legal and Vegas. Just because I'm a liberal doesn't mean I smoke. <laughs> I did in college maybe half a dozen times. But I never inhaled. Yeah. Neither yeah. my friend Bill. No, I did. That was the whole point was to inhale. So anyway, but that's right. You, you kind of okay, so um, the first bullet point is is really if we do on vacation, your your team has to has to run the show and you're not there. And that that's a great test for you is have I trained my team? Are they ready? And of course they're <clears> gonna <throat> screw up. But that's life. But you go on vacation and let them manage for a while. Put somebody let in charge. See how they do. See, when I saw this chapter heading, I thought it was gonna be about how, you know, you need some time with your family or you need some balance in your life. But you're looking at it more as like kind of like a test to see how do they perform in your absence. Well, well, we'll start, but it's also to to show your leadership. Because somewhere in here, it's, I think, um, let's see here, E, being a hero during your time off by taking on projects, meetings, and work does not make you a hero. It does the complete opposite. Other managers think you cannot manage employees who want a break from you, get no break. And if you're traveling with family and friends, you go from hero to zero. And F, you're a bigger zero if you require your staff to work while they're taking time off to relax. Right. I think it's important. Right. How are we putting that? It's in the, like, we can write it less than that. Like, just point blank. When you're on vacation, leave people alone. Does not make you Don't a hero. It does the opposite. Other managers think you can't manage employees from a break if you had no break. Okay. This, this fell down into the next page, and so I couldn't see it until... Just now, <laughs> no. I remember about ten years ago, uh, my husband and I we went to this really gorgeous resort in Mexico, and there was this guy like constantly sitting in the lobby or sitting in some of like the outdoor lounge chairs or something, and he was always on his laptop, always, you know. Jeez, oh, that's kind of kind of sad. So, that was a, that was a crazy thing with Solera. I went to Tokyo with John. And I got like, we were 12 hours away. So I would do all my emails as soon as I could, uh, generally at nighttime. So they'd get them in the morning. But then I'm working like three, four hours a day. And then we went to Zurich with Kristen for, for a week. I got I got stuck uh, answering emails, doing projects. There's this big blow up. I'm like, Felicia, you're the chief HR officer. You can handle this. Why are you bothering me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't you think this is kind of like a test? Like it's a test of like how well have you trained your people? I think it is. I think it's a test on how well you trained your people. And it's also something when you're a first-time manager, you never think of these things because you you're used to being an employee. When an employee goes on vacation, sometimes they just go on vacation. They don't transition their work. They do, Their work just sits there waiting for them to come back. But when you're right. managing, your work doesn't sit there waiting for you to come back. It's going on. It's your team. Right, right. So point B says, be like boy, communicate to your key customers who they should contact in your absence. 90% of managers forget the stop, which leads to pain for the team and more pain when you come back. Remember that out of office message. Um, um, do you think before you take off, you should say to certain employees, you know, while I'm gone, I want you to handle this? Yes. That's what they always screw up. I, when I was doing corporate, it used to irritate the hell out of me when I'm, I'm calling. I'm like, Where, where's the payroll manager? Well, she's on vacation. She'll be back next week. Well, I can't wait till next week to get this answered. Who do I talk to? Right. I'm like, oh, you should talk to this person. Well, I talk to the payroll manager every day, and she didn't really tell me she was on vacation. So I didn't know, and I don't know who to talk to. I should, I'm the customer. I should not be fishing around looking for my answer. Your team's there to provide an answer. If I'm not there to provide the answer, I should tell you in my absence who to go to. 
And I would say 90% of, of your customers internally are the same customers you have all the time. It's rare you have somebody who you don't talk to during the week. Pick right. any role, so accounting, finance, HR, marketing. They all talk to the same people all the time. Right. So it's like you're going to empower them to like pick up the slack for your job. You know, like maybe you divvy it up to different people before yeah. you take off. Right. You have a question about the new marketing plan. Talk to Susan. You have a new question about how we're doing the proxy statement. Talk to Denise. You want to yell at somebody? Here's a CEO's number. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. Uh, when somebody calls requesting work, guide them to somebody on your team. Okay. So that that's kind of what you are just saying right now. Yeah, because you the problem we have now with vacations, like I think I'm the last generation who actually was a worker who took a vacation and have a cell phone. Now we have cell phones. So they just call your cell phone and your work phone tends to be your cell phone. So they, they just call your cell phone. Hey, I need this. Can you do this for me? The answer is no, I can't. I'm on the beach. I'm having a, a Mai Tai. This is my fourth one. And I, I'm surprised they sell my clothes on. Go talk to this person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. All right. If you don't take time off and enjoy it, neither will your team, and they will find happier places to work. That makes sense. So again, leading by example, right? Yeah, it, it always irritates me the the maverick boss or the hero boss who either never takes a vacation or always works on their vacation. What kind of example are you, are you setting for your people? Right, right, right. Okay, and then we just talked about this being a hero during your time off by taking on projects, meetings, and work doesn't make you a hero. There you go. Okay. All right. Um, other managers think you cannot manage, right? Be well, it's kind of like you're not willing to delegate, right? Yeah. You suck. <laughs> you suck. That, the, the worst thing you can do, I think, and people do it, I'd say half the people probably do this. They do a lot of work on vacation. I get answering emails once in a while, getting on there, make sure things are fine. But chances are they're going to be fine. I've never had a time when somebody's went on vacation, and if they didn't answer all their emails, they got in trouble coming back. But what mm -hmm. happens is people are just jealous that they went. Well, you can't change that, can you? No, no. but the, the company didn't blow up. Right, right. I think the okay. first time you leave your kids home alone when you go shopping, you do a little at a time. <laughs> I'll be back. Mm -hmm. Don't burn the house down. Don't and then burn when they the turn house. 16 or 17, you go on a family vacation without the kids. And they're like, well, we're the family. Not anymore. See ya. Right. Right. Yeah, they do the have some big massive party where while mom and dad are gone, you know. Yep. So I never did that. I was a good kid. So I wasn't a good boring. kid. You were not a good kid? Oh, well, we lit up in the country. And my mom went to California when I was 16. So I, I had people park like a mile away and come through the woods. We camped for a weekend and just in the woods, drank beer, smoked pot, <laughs> did the good stuff. That sounds like fun, though. So it was, but it know? wasn't like a. I mean, you're not going to destroy. Party. You're not going to destroy your house by camping in the woods, you know. I was just a couple dozen kids that were camping out in the woods, guys and girls. Teenagers oh. doing teenager things. Right. Sounds that like fun. Laugh. Right. Okay. Number F, you're a bigger zero if you require your staff to work while they are taking off time to relax. Okay. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but is there anything else that you want to add to that? Yeah. Don't call them. Leave them alone. There's, okay. Unless there's something critical that you can't figure out by yourself or with other people in the company. Do not bother these people. Let them go. Let them have their week or two weeks or whatever. Or two, well, the, the Europeans, they like months off and they take a month. I know. And, and Europe doesn't blow up. Right. It's it's like they take two months yeah. off, you know. That's yeah, crazy. think about the maternity leave. So I think uh, Australia has a six-month maternity leave. So does so does um, Germany. I think they're four months and you can take it intermittently. So you take like a, two months off. And then you take 
they have two day weeks or whatever you want. Right. And then your job is still there. Funny right. how that works. Yeah. It's it's interesting how it seems to work out, I guess, you know. So anyway. All right. The road to executive. All right. We've said a lot of things that kind of um have um some significance in the road to executive, like helping your boss to move up. And I think forecasting, like letting them know like what's coming down the pike and whether it's mm -hmm. good or bad. Tell me more about the road to executive. Well, when you're an executive, you're, you're, you don't manage up as much anymore because there's not much up to manage. Right. You're, right. You're but if I'm, a, if, if I'm a manager, right, and I'm eyeballing, you know, some kind of executive role, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, what is that road like? Yeah. So I think, I think in the chapter, I want to define what an executive is. A lot Let's of people think, that. oh, I, I should be the vice president of this or vice president. Well, it's different than being a manager. When you're managing, you're managing a process. You're leading a okay. team to do something. When you're executive, you're now representing the shareholders or the owners of the company. You represent, you are a legally binded person who signs a contract for the company who gets sued. You can get sued for that. So I get a little more research on it, see how I can intro it. Because I, I think I need to come up with some of the chapters for the next book. So this leads okay. into it. But okay. the whole thing is, this chapter, I think, is uh, being executive is different than being a manager. And here's some of the things that it's different. And implementing these manager things will lead you into that thing. More to come. So, yeah. So what um, what is needed to make the transition? It's like that shift in thought from managing a process to managing stockholders, board of directors, things of that nature. Budgetary responsibilities, you have a PL and stuff like that. Okay. You can be on the news, you say something wrong. If you put something on Twitter, you can make your company look really bad. Right, right. Tell me a little bit about your road to executive. My road? So I, I yeah, was like, what, what do you feel like you did right? And maybe one or two things that you feel like, eh, maybe not so much. I think, well, I think what I, uh, I can tell you what I did wrong is I, I maintained my manager philosophies. I kept ah, thinking of okay. a manager. <clears throat> I kept thinking, like, I'm, I'm managing this team. Well, I've got managers to manage that team. I'm not managing them. I'm not working with the CEO on shareholder equity, increasing the value of the organization, looking at all the numbers and dollars and percentage signs, making the graphs, dealing with the board. And and that's where I put my focus and I have oversight of my managers. My managers should be qualified enough to do their job so I can do mine. Okay. I wasn't that good at that. When I, when I started, my first time when I was a VP, I got really good what? at it afterwards. Right. What what happened? Like what shift in your brain or 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 meeting with somebody who set mm -hmm. you on the right path or something like what it, happened for you to make that shift? Well, I think as a manager, it, it gets you that position of, well, my job is greater than just managing this stuff. This stuff rolls up to some other stuff into something greater. The company wouldn't have me here if it wasn't going to add value to the top line, bottom line or whatever. Come, if you're a nonprofit, add value to the nonprofit, make it better. So you got to start thinking of how is what I'm doing helping out the overall, the, the greater good of the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and how did, how did that shift happen for you? Like what, what like triggered that? Oh, okay. I'm not managing a process anymore. I'm looking out for the good of the whole, the whole company. When did it shift? I think it's probably shifted. Hmm. When did it officially shift? I think probably when, when I was at Advance as a director, because I was still a director is really just a manager who's an executive in training. Okay. And uh, I think just working with Darren and understanding how me, have, I, I can make a bonus plan, but how does that connect to the other things in the company? How does my bonus plan impact the the merchandising, the marketing, the turnover, 
and putting all these things together so that it impacted all these other areas of the company, which then I needed to understand their areas now for the greater good of the whole organization. And right. so then I started so you, looking at things a lot differently. So you were no longer wor- looking at just the bonus plan. You were looking at how does the bonus plan impact everything else? Yeah, I think an executive, a good executive always looks three levels down. You start with a question, oh, we're going to make a bonus plan. Great. Well, what's that going to impact? Well, it's going to impact sales. Great. All right. So it's going to impact sales. How will it impact sales? Well, it's going to be the, with the merchandising team and the marketing team and this team. Well, how does it impact their lives? And then how? Right. And then, and then, because I could do something over here in the HR side that then really upsets the other side, the the merchandising team or the stores. I have a great HR idea, but other teams have their own ideas, and so stuff out, and everybody throws their own crap out. A store manager that has fifty, really, they should only do two or three. Right. You know, one thing I was thinking about um, about this book is. Um, you know, we're calling it the same manager, but, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go through all the chapters again, but I, I don't think we have a whole lot of references to the idea of sanity and insane and humanity and inhumane like we do in the first book. Is that on, is that on purpose or did we overlook something or? Yeah, we haven't titled it yet. I, 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 want, I think it's going to be under your career sanity and then the subtitle will be about whatever the manager thing is. Like we have the, on the early edition was what's the success to early to guarantee of you from the top. This one could be something of it's your first manager role. Don't screw it up. Right. Okay. I got your career sanity in front of me. Oh, what the success will do early to guarantee of you from. Okay. All right. I just, it's like, if we're going to use the word sanity in there, it seems like, there should be a bit of a, a, a theme or something of that mm-hmm. kind of running throughout a little bit. I okay. don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, I agree. I think that's good. I, I have uh, what are in my bucket of goodies here. I have the chapters 1 through 12 written. Uh, have you seen uh, 13 through 16 by any chance? I'm, I'm, I'm working on it now. Okay. So no worries. anyway, I'm a, I'm I'm a little behind. Yes, I admit. So so uh, after anyway. you, if you get those back to me, then what I'll do is I'll relook at it all, and I can intertwine different things to connect them better. Because right now I well, think I the can... way I have the chapters are out of sequence. They're not sequentially right. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we look at that sequence right now? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. I'm looking at the wrong one. Table of contents. All right. So, congratulations, your manager. Now what? That's pretty obvious. Why did you that's get the job? Right. I think that's right? well positioned. Yeah. Yeah, that's and fine. The next one should be surviving and thriving. Survive then thrive. Uh, number, number three. Yeah, for the third chapter, I, th- I was going to move that one up because okay. you're, you got the job. You've, so you got the job. Congratulations. Well, why the hell do you get this job? Then how how do I survive this job? Right. So okay, it's, so it's getting more into the mental aspects of the role in the first few chapters, and the next couple of chapters we're telling them, well, how do you lead this this team? And then. I think after that, you're like, well, how do I get rid of this team? Okay. So, so I moved. I, oh, go ahead. I, I took survive and thrive. I moved it up to number three. So then what we have is performance management um, no. is number four. That doesn't I took work. goal setting. So goal you're surviving and thriving. Okay. Well, then what's the next thing? We got to set goals. Okay. Hold on. Let me find where we have goal setting. Work may stink. Staff is in. I don't think we have a chapter on. I'm not seeing the word goals. That's all. You know, as I'm well, quickly we'll skimming through. Chapter eight, I believe. Chapter eight. Oh, lead seven. them. Lead them to the river. Is that what we call it? Yeah. Work with your staff. They're probably if <clears throat> people are confused. Staff. I touched on the 
touched on goal setting briefly towards the end of Chapter 7, but I believe it's such an important topic it makes sense to explore it in greater detail here. The reason is because as a new SANE manager, you're not only you're only uh, setting goals for yourself, but for the first time probably ever, you're also setting goals for people on your team. I think okay, so I, that's chapter I can go through that and send it back your way. It makes it easier. Okay, so that's that, that it says something else. Or is that I'm the listening. wrong book? That's like, I don't know. Right. Right. Chapter eight says leave them to the river and take away the confusion. Work with your staff. They're probably afraid of you. People are confused, don't know what to do, afraid of getting fired or downsized. Be honest if downsizing help them get a job. Well, then I've got the uh, these all in a Could different you order. Can you send me a press batch of everything? You, you probably yeah, hold on. Let me look batch. at the career sanity book. Hang on. Yeah, I'm like, just going to look at the screen? table. Let me show my screen. Chapter eight in, in um, career sanity is what's your damn job? Here, I'm sure. wasters. Get to know the data. You're not the CEO. How to get promoted. People who make your life hell. I don't see anything with the word goals, at least in the table of contents. Okay. On, um, well, so if you look at your screen, I'm sharing my screen. Okay, hang on which here. Shows Let me open it up. Why, why are you still there? Yeah, I'm Did sharing my screen for you. Can, oh, can, yeah. Can you hear it's, me? It's uh, connection. Excellent. Da, 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 pin. Remove. It's just, it's a little tiny thumbnail and I can't read it. Oh. Well, maybe. How about that? Okay. Anyway, well, why don't you talk? Why don't you just talk about it? Are are we looking at your your outline, the one you sent me this morning? Yeah. So I I think I, if you can send me all the the chapters that you've worked on, and then I'll put them together and and see what to move around. Okay. So the ones that aren't done, don't worry about them. So we can move them around okay. later. Okay. Well, I was saying, I think first is the mental state of the, the being your first time manager. The next goes into a how do you lead this team? That's where you get to the lunch goes a long way and recognition, lead by example, work stinks, we get better, don't babysit. Right. On here, it says goal setting is number eight. Correct. So. Well, that, yeah, because I took this, this is from the, the chapters I have back from you. Right. Right. And that's one of the chapters. I can go to the email and. Okay. All right. Sharing. Well, it's interesting because you got number eight there from what you got from me. But then on this thing, <laughs> number eight says, lead them to the river and take away confusion. I don't know. Well, we, we changed <clears> the right. chapter. We yeah, we, we did move things around. So. Yeah, so. So I did what I did is I just took the chapters as as you sent back. That's fine. Yeah. So on uh, March twenty third is when you when you uh, sent the the chapter eight one that we're talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll go look at all of them and send it to you in order and everything, and yeah. then you can go through and decide. You know, do you want to reorder it? Is there anything obvious that like really sticks out like a sore thumb? Sticks out as in I don't know where to put it kind of thing. Well, like, oh, my God, that's really dumb. Why would I put that? Why would we put that there? So chapter four you want is goal setting, right? Yeah, well, I say let's not worry about the order yet. If you can send the okay. chapters back to me, then I'll I'll just reordering and then we can talk about the order. Because I think, for example, hiring, firing, that probably needs to be earlier in the book. After we get through the the um, mental aspect of your first time managing, when I got to hire hire and fire people, 
Or maybe they'll okay. be at the end of the book. I don't know. It depends on how the flow goes. Right. Right. Well, right now it's like 17, you know, it's towards the end. I know. And it may be too far back. Right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Up, so, maybe like, what... actually, it might be chapter six. So, that's part of the mentality of being a manager. The mindset of a manager. And then I think vacation should go, go towards the end. That's probably, I think, fits right at 19. Because like, you've done all this stuff. Go take a damn vacation. Get out of here. Right. 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 Okay. All right. I will do that. I will send all that stuff to you. Okay. And I'm going to get you some chapters this week because even though you're hearing a cough once in a while, I'm a lot better than I was. So <laughs> that's anyway. Have you, have you had the vaccine at all? Are no. you like, I'm not going to get vaccinated? It's not been a priority. They just opened up vaccination. Everybody in Texas, I wasn't qualified till about a week or two ago. Okay. And so if it's going to kill me, I want to make sure that I have the house unpacked before I die. <laughs> when you left your big house, I saw the pictures with all the, the holes in the concrete and the dirt piled up in the bedroom floors and the garage and everything. Uh -huh. What kind of condition was it in when you left for the last time? I was fine. Was it all fixed? It, all. it, it was, was all fixed. fixed. Yeah, they had those holes for the foundation. It was so painful. It was four days of pain. And the guy who bought the house, I told him that you shouldn't fix the foundation. Just buy the damn house. Because once that's fixed, they're going to dig up the whole landscaping. And yeah, I'll pay the twelve grand for the foundation, but you're going to pay another eight to twelve grand for the landscaping. He's like, oh, I want foundation. Okay. okay. So, but I, the guy who bought it, a super nice guy, but I think the that his mind's not right. He's, he's a pilot for Southwest, and he's a commander of the Navy on the reserves. So he, uh, <clears throat> I don't think he makes a ton of money. His wife stays home. Maybe they have money from somewhere else. But it, based on when he, when he bought the house for, he wanted some money back so he could buy furniture. I thought it was stupid, but he wanted to do it. And they... Denied him the twenty thousand. He can only take out thirteen. So then I did. I did the math backwards to find out. Well, how much money does he have towards a house? And so I think he's he's just he's gonna be house poor. And he doesn't understand. There's all these other expenses. The pool breaks. I, I probably spend twenty four hundred bucks a year just on the pool, keeping it going. Not including the the pool boy who comes and cleans it. And then they have the landscaping stuff and the security and the heating and the air, the air conditioning is horrible when you air condition a huge house. So he's going to be very poor. So, right. So your expenses are going to be significantly reduced because you said this new house is 2,800 square feet. Yeah, 2,911, I think is what it is. We, we cut out uh, just on the house side. It says our, our mortgage was about 4,200. Now it's 2,100. And then we figured out all our expenses. Like we heated the pool, which is probably dumb, but we like to do that. Uh, we probably cut out another two thousand dollars, so we've saved over four thousand dollars moving here per month. Right, right, so right. Yeah, no kidding. Did you get what you wanted for it? <clears throat> yeah, we. Um, we. Uh, I mean, I don't need to know the price. You know, that's your business. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just well, we, we we got what we wanted for it, and um, I think everybody seemed happy. We cut out the realtors, so no, we had to pay for realtor fees. He got it for That's a lower good. price, and because the realtor was a, a jerk, I said, "Let well, here fire your realtor. You buy the house, and we'll we'll split her realtor fees. You get some." That I was your father-in-law or your father? Your father? No, my father. My father is my realtor, but this this guy had a realtor too. Oh, okay. I had a great deal for them. I was. I'm gonna talk price here, so don't worry. I. I I offered it to them, we agreed on 720000 right? And then they wanted all this stuff and $20,000, dollars of fixes. And I said, nope, you're already getting a deal on the house. Do it yourself. And if you want it, then you have to pay for it. Well, their realtor said they wouldn't do that. I wanted to sell the house in December because I, I knew that nobody buys houses in December. There's houses on the market. There were some okay ones we could move into. 
And I knew that come March, April, May, and into the summer, there's, there's people wanting to move around. There's not a whole lot of houses that's going to jack the price of the houses up. And so everything just went skyrocketed. So because she screwed the whole thing up, he ends up having to pay $60,000 more than he would have had to originally pay if she didn't screw it up. Wow. Like, so wow. Well, plus you, you had that whole is, flooding situation, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. I told, I told Liam that you have to, you need to fire your realtor because if you use this realtor for this purchase, she's going to get 3% of additional $60,000. You're paying her $1,800 additional dollars for her screw up. In addition to the $20,000 you're going to pay her anyways, fire her. And then we'll split the 20000 There you so go. Did. There you go. Save so anyway, money, but you took a... You took a mortgage on this one rather than just paying for it out of your equity. Well, that well, way yeah, you well, get the tax the deduction. So we, so we put uh, the house, I think we bought it for 415 and put 135 down. So we put 30 oh, some okay. percent. And that way we can leave the money in the market uh, based on the equity. And as long as the, the return is, I think it's 10% per year or something on the remaining equity, then we'll never have a mortgage payment. 10% per year, which should be easy. I, I normally get like 100% per year. Except for today, I'm doing really bad. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, good. Well, I will get all that stuff off to you. How about we schedule a time to talk next week and just kind of, you know, reevaluate this whole thing and where you want it to be and make sure we're both on the same page with it all. And in yeah. the meantime, this week, I will get some chapters to you. So anyway, okay. what's a good cool. day for you? I'm thinking like Wednesday next week. So Wednesday next week. Yeah, I'll be here. That's fine. I'm supposed to be here. I'm, it's not scheduled yet, but there's a refrigerator showing up. So we'll just play the, the roulette game. I did all that three years ago on Black Friday. The refrigerator, the dishwasher, the mm -hmm. washer dryer, all that. How about um, noon? Yeah. Noon, sure. I'll Your time? Noon, my time, yep. I'll toss you on. And, you know, like if you, if you get a window, Chris, that says, oh, the only time they can deliver the refrigerator is at noon, you know, let me know and we'll move it around a little bit yep so that works okay Please. good all right so do you like the new house or yeah take a quick tour it's a mess i'm gonna show oh, you my good. favorite part of the house cool. like here's the messy kitchen yeah well she's got your wife's probably getting everything sorted in it you know pretty much i told her to throw everything away and start new she didn't do that like she she has all this expired like medicine and stuff like Kristen, just get new you probably you probably don't need that toe stuff but here is the you cool know, part yeah. of the house go ahead what you have a nice deck well the i don't know you can see because it's kind of brighten this up oh it's like it's a nice nice backyard well it's a very oh, small nice. backyard but it backs but up it's to nice this and whole private. Open green area right and then Way over there is a big pond that you can fish. Walking trail. So it's pretty much, you just see animals all day. Oh, so nice. What I, I, normally do is I, I just sit there during the day and work on the books or talk to my dog. Drink okay. whiskey. All right. How, funny, I think how there is no whiskey here. I haven't had whiskey in the house yet. How are your girls How's about what? the move? Were they, are they... Oh, Adjusting well, and yeah, they liked it. They, Morgan likes it a lot because um, she likes the fishing pond and she likes seeing the animals. Uh, they didn't weren't really swimming, and they know that when we do this, that we have more money, so we can go on nice trips. Oh, nice, so we, nice. We we keep them apprised of where the fun, family funds go because I, I want them to know this stuff costs money. I don't want them to have this expectation that they don't have to bust their asses to get where they want to go. Right, right. All right, well, um, 
good. I'm glad we went through those chapters today and we're scheduled for next week and I'm going to send everything to you as well as some new chapters. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.